become a little trickier. I remember being in Cannes for mm-hmm. MIPCOM. And uh, I remember before I went, they promised me I wouldn't be doing any interviews in French. But I do speak French. I just wanted to know ahead of time so I could prep my, yeah. my language a little. Right. But uh, they were like, oh, don't worry about it. You won't have any. But then we did a red carpet. And then right after, some French journalist was like, oh, come over. And then so I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I'm talking in French. But there's a Yo, welcome to my summer layer. I'm your host, Sammy and Ann. I'm speaking to Laura Manel, who speaks fluent French. She was sharing a French interview experience, just a simple, fun way to adjust the audio levels before we get into the real conversation. Only now, I'm wondering if UFO or the other terminology used in Project Blue Book, back for season two on History Channel, if it's the same or if it's all different language. On Project Blue Book, Laura plays Mimi Hynek, a real-life person and the wife of J. Allen Hynek, the scientific ufologist who famously gave us the Close Encounter scale. Remember Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yep. Well, my Close Encounters with Laura include the moment where I call her a ninja linchpin. Yo, what does that mean? All right, so shall we get started? Why not? Beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Okay, lots of Twitter comments and uh, as well as your Instagram uh, hashtags are about Mimi's 1950s uh, fashion style. So do you think it's possible for a 1950s housewife now to become a trendsetter in 2020? Is Mimi a trendsetter? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of the scoops, I guess, for like 2020? Is that where you see her going? God, I hope so. Uh, No, I hope she, you know, is more popular for other reasons. Mm -hmm. But um, I do have to say we have a fantastic uh, wardrobe designer, uh, Carla, Carla Hetland. She does a beautiful job. I mean, the 1950s, the, the fashion then is like one of my favorites. Everything was just so beautiful. And, mm-hmm. you know, women really dressed like women. And uh, the, the fit of a lot of things were very feminine. You have the hair, too, going? Yeah, I had a, a, a wig or a partial wig. So my hair's a lot shorter in the show than it is right now. My hair's quite long. But um, it's kind of exciting working with Carla because she's... she's uh, very good at listening to your opinions as an actor and what you want. And as Mimi starts to change this year, mm-hmm. she's breaking that mold of the 50s housewife. And we also do that in terms of wardrobe and what she's wearing and how, how she'll change that way as well. Mimi will wear pants a little more this year, too. Oh, that's exciting. a big scoop. I know. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll have to wait till the season starts rolling before I tweet that out. Um <laughs> In terms of like the fashion, is that your cue, I guess, as uh, as an actress? So like once you kind of put those uh, outfits on, the kind of do the hair, is that because you transition from like this hip and modern happening woman in the twenty and twenty to like this nineteen fifties housewife who's going on this adventure? Is that kind of like the fashion is the cue? Um, I think your wardrobe can help inform you as a as a as an actor and make you feel the part. But I think for me, I, it needs to sort of start within first if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense but um yeah yeah and in terms of informing like dr heineck's sons are are working as consultants on the show uh and mimi's also a real character did they kind of also inform you as well and like how their mom was and kind of give you some tips and stuff well i think it's great that both paul and joel have been consulting producers on the show and they were around to sort of help me jump into the whole process 
there's a lot on Ellen Hayek, but there's not really a lot on Mimi. Yeah, she doesn't there. have a Wikipedia page. She might now. Yeah. Does she now? No, I checked her this morning. Oh, so darn it. Maybe yeah. we need to work on that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there really was nothing before the show, except I, I think I found out early on that she was an editor for some of Alan's written work. But uh, yeah, there really wasn't anything out there. So they were a great place to start. Uh, Joel was out on location working in China, so he's quite busy, but he was great in emailing wonderful photos of the family and stories about them, which was great. Uh, Paul, I talked to uh, a decent amount. I've even gone to lunch with him. But when we first started out, he was just so gracious with his time, mm -hmm. which is nice. And he introduced me to his sister, Roxanne, as well. And um, between the two of them, I kind of decided that they were perfect in terms of bridging an arc of where Mimi should go. So just really great, wonderful people and so supportive of the show. So it's nice to be able to really um, pass along the legacy of Alan Hynek's work, mm -hmm. especially because the family have been so great to us. Yeah. And in terms of your character, you have an amazing line uh, early on in season two where Mimi's asked to do something dangerous. And she responds, I'm sorry, I think you have the wrong impression of me. Oh. And she goes, doing something like that, that's not who I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you've played now Mimi Hynek uh, for two seasons now. What is your impression of her and what is the impression that we should be getting from her, especially as we go deeper into season two? Well, the first season, Mimi was a bit of a damsel in distress, we have to admit. I mm -hmm. mean, all this stuff was coming at her. She was feeling like Project Blue Book was very much indeed a threat to her and her family. And it, it was a scary place for her to be, especially because she didn't have a lot of information in terms of what was going on. Alan wasn't telling her anything. It was all top secret, even mm -hmm. from her. And it would drive her nuts. <laughs> yes. It was really not a good place for her to be in. And especially as the audience watching it, too, with your friendship with Susie. Oh. Right? So. Yes, I know. There was uh, a lot of catalyst for change. And Susie was really around to bring her through mm -hmm. a lot of the conflict going mm -hmm. on. And um, she helped her become a stronger woman. And this year, Mimi will implement that strength a little more. And she will be more driven, have a lot more purpose, and will start to do more digging on her own, which is great. And with that line you were talking about, she says that to Evan. And Evan's a new character played by Kira O'Donnell, really great guy. He was in The Wedding Crashers. He was in uh, Fargo, that series. Great actor, great guy. Anyway, he's a part of this new civilian UFO group that Mimi starts to make ties with. And he pushes Mimi a little, and she gets a bit of a education from him in many ways, as he has some interesting information. Yeah, it's it, one of the moments, too, in that conversation where, like, he asked her to do something dangerous, and she's like, no, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. But he also makes a really good point, because he wanted some information, and she's like, I don't know if I can talk to my husband, because he's obviously one in the Air Force Base and stuff. Well, and he's like... Yeah. But I want you to do it. Like, he's actually kind of entrusting her as well, too, right? I so know. that's a big shift for her, um, Mimi. Because, like, it's usually her husband that kind of takes the spotlight a little bit more. Well, and morally, it, it's kind of a difficult spot she's in, right? Because she works for Project Blue Book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's she does sort of have more access to information now. 
Um, and then she's also starting to make ties with this civilian UFO group. And between the two, she doesn't want to, you know, cross any morally gray boundaries with Alan. Mm-hmm. He's her husband, right? But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And that's also interesting, too, because as season two kind of starts to unfold, Mimi Hynek, she starts to become kind of a UFO nerd. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you talked a little bit about season one where she was kind of antagonistic and uh, her and Alan were not necessarily getting yeah. along. There was a little bit more friction. Yeah. Um, this seems to be the romances here now. It seems to be they be they're bonding over UFO yeah, fun facts. Which I love. Yeah, there was a lot of conflict last year, and this year things have changed. Mimi is learning so much and both Alan and Mimi see that she kind of has a knack for tracking down information and she has a similar passion now to what Alan does and has more of an understanding for what he does. Yes, his work is still a little scary, but she gets that he has come so far and is always getting closer to the truth that she can't now tell him to stop. And she doesn't want to either because, I mean, this is a UFO phenomenon is just a great mystery, and it's it's kind of addictive, I think, when you start getting closer and closer to the mm-hmm. truth, right? And it's the show is basically, the arc of the show is these two gentlemen start off as skeptics, and they're hired by the Air Force to kind of go and investigate, and then they start seeing all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, she's at home, and she's seeing less than what these guys, she's just seeing Alan's notes, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's enough to start pushing her over the edge. Mm-hmm. So what little she's seen and what little she's encountered, mm-hmm. uh, it's starting to make her kind of question and start to qu- like uh, it's that spark as well, like you said, like yeah. where it's leading her down this road. Yeah, but it's also kind of arming her with information in a in a way that makes her feel more grounded and comfortable with what's going on in her family and her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not constantly in a place of fear of the unknown as much which is great. Mm-hmm. It's good to be a little bit more on solid ground. Yeah. Well, as solid as it can be. <laughs> yes, but she did build a bomb <laughs> shelter. a little conflict. Yeah, she, she did bom- build a bomb shelter. The in bomb first. shelter yeah. was interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that would have saved them. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I think that was also for Joel, you know, to make him feel, feel a little more safe as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah, your character is interesting because she represents more than the other ones, uh, the actual 1950s itself. Like with her, you see the kitchen, you see the home, you see yeah. those different aspects. Uh, especially the first couple episodes, they're, they're in the desert in the, fir- in the second season. You know what I mean? So there's nothing really that kind of ties it to 1950. They mention Eisenhower here and there, but yeah. like you kind of are the representation of the 50s. Yeah, and Mimi was also sort of struggling with that era as well and the limitations that women had at that time. Things were very black and white with gender roles mm-hmm. and women and, and they were very much relegated to the house. Mm-hmm. And that was one of her struggles last year. She, yeah. She kind of wanted more in her life. But this year she's breaking that mold and getting out there, getting in, out into the workforce, which is a big deal for someone back then. Mm-hmm. So exciting yeah so i want to focus on you for a second because um looking over your career i noticed like you're like a ninja linchpin whoa what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) i have never been called that before but it's a compliment but let me (laughs) let me get to this because you could tell me if i'm crack on on this because but i want to see what you say because like in in zack snyder's watchmen right 
you were Janie Slater and yeah. you were like kind of pivotal in, in Dr. Manhattan's role in his uh, life, yeah. right? In uh, Man in High Castle, you were Thelma Harris. Uh, you were a reporter. You had an undercover relationship, of course. Mm -hmm. And you got on the, the radar of uh, J. Edgar Hoover, which was not good in that show. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, John Smith also knows who you are, which is also probably not a good thing in that show. And then here, you, like you just said, you're seemingly this 1950s housewife. Yes. But through, like I said, you're a ninja linchpin because like these, all these little things kind of happening around you mm. were like, you would think that your husband, uh, Dr. Heineck, would be the focal point. He would be the one that people would be taking out. But it's through you that Susie approaches you. The UFO groups are connected to you. Yeah. There's a lot of action that's happening around you and through you. Um, and that seems to be kind of consistent. Those are like examples I use of your career. I get, am I on crack or is this a conscious decision? I am or an exciting woman. There uh, you go. You're making things happen though. I bring about a lot of change. <laughs> yeah, right? But you see what I'm saying? Excitement. Like, yes. Yeah, it is no, just I, like you're... I haven't thought about it that way, but that's, yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Because yeah, like I said, it's Dr. Heinick's the one who's got the, uh, the uh, Wikipedia page. He's kind of known for all that stuff. Yes. But like, Where's Mimi's page, especially considering my reputation now? Come yeah, on. especially now that we know that she's going to be wearing pants, too. Uh, yeah, let's get that going, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uh, as we wrap up, though, I don't want to um, ask you about, like, if you believe in UFOs. I know you and the cast constantly get that question. But I'm wondering, as you kind of promote uh, season two on social media, as you go to, like, parties and you tell people what you do, and you're like, I work on the show, and it's like UFOs, whatever. <laughs> are, are people kind of opening up their own UFO feelings and kind of sharing things? Or, like, have you become a lightning rod? Or have some I become, I kind of would, I would love to become a lightning rod. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't always go to parties and tell people what I do for a living. Okay. I'm kind of one of those actors yeah. who are like, uh, change the subject. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you do? <laughs> but uh, I am becoming more, I don't know, I, I'm more in contact with that world, which I find fascinating. Even in our first um, Comic-Con with Project Blue Book before mm -hmm. our show came out, mm -hmm there was like a Q&A session at the end and I was expecting it to be more about, you know, the vampire diaries and, you know, Littlefinger and all that mm. stuff, uh, especially because people didn't know our show yet. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see all sorts of people who were in the audience and really were wanting to have answers, mm -hmm. a little bit of pressure there as to what's out there. But a lot of those people had real life experiences. There was even a man in the audience who I think his grandfather was the uh, original janitor or one of the janitors at Project Blue Book. Wow. Which I thought was fascinating and exciting. Uh, there was somebody else in there who, can't remember if it was him, he was involved or someone he knew was a part of one of one of those uh, infrared um, video sort of camera footage is the footages. My brain has kind of gone a little <laughs> nutty from the end of the day. My apologies. No. Uh, one of the, maybe the footage that came out in 2004, I'm not sure, don't quote me, you know, where there was the 40 foot long tic tac mm -hmm. sort of hovering in the sky. I think that person was on that flight. Anyway, lots of crazy stuff like that happening. Wonderful people with MUFON. Uh, who've been really excited about our show. And MUFON is, of course, um, one of the, large, the largest and longest-running organizations of its kind. 
who are deeply invested in the study of UFOs. So it's lovely to have them on our side and to see their support Mm -hmm. and just have a really great tight-knit community of people who really care about the subject matter loving our show. Uh, Just last question then, Uh, speaking of uh, tight-knit community and support, can you tell us what a brush of hope is and will we see uh, Mimi Hynek start like doing some painting perhaps? Or is that too, or did we already give a big spoiler with the pants? Is that too much to hope for? Um, Brush of hope is, uh, it's a great celebrity auction every year that is done for the Canadian Kidney Foundation, the Atlantic branch actually where it'll be like singers or actors or some kind of noteworthy Canadian that will take part, paint some kind of piece and auction it off for charity to help with you know, kidney research. And every year I do something. Usually my muse has become my cat. It seems to do well for me and I can paint him really well. Um, this year, I actually admit, I tried to paint Mimi. I tried my darndest, <laughs> but she kind of started looking a little planet of the Apey. So okay. I kind of <laughs> went, yeah, I think my skills are better exhibited with my cat. <laughs> so I stuck with that. Maybe next year, I'll try Mimi again. We'll see. Okay. Planet of the Apes, Mimi sounds good. It right. was definitely, pla- yeah, she looked like Mimi from Planet of the Apes interesting concept that is an interesting concept where can people find you online to talk about 1950s fashion and to celebrate you wearing pants <laughs> um i am online yes i do have a well i have an official twitter and uh instagram and facebook account so you can find me there you want to give the links or the just put your name in or Literally, I will have the blue check on any of them, and mm-hmm. I don't want to screw up, but I think Instagram is, no, no, Twitter is L underscore Manel, at L underscore Manel, and I think Instagram might be Laura underscore Manel. Just Google me and okay. look for that little blue check. All look. right. Thank you, and we'll look for the uh, pants in season two. <laughs> so that's There'll be a few. There'll be a few, a yeah. Little Audrey, uh, not Audrey, uh, Catherine Hepburn-esque. Okay. Yes. But high five for season two. Way to go. So hopefully you guys get, uh, hopefully this does well and you get a season three. I hope so too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yo, welcome to Notes and Noteworthy. Just wrap up this My Summer Layer visit with Laura Minnell. Happily, Project Blue Book returns to television for season two, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. on History Channel. And it is fire, fire, fire out the gate. I've already enjoyed the first three episodes. The first two episodes deal with one of the most inflammatory words in the English language, Roswell. Episode 3 is Area 51. Oh, yes. In what, November or December 2019, Netflix gave us The Irishman, which, depending on what you choose to believe, is an account of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. In account or the account? Like Roswell, the ability for a man to keep a heavy secret buried like that for decades and not have it eat at his soul not have it affect his relationships not to mention all the collateral damage of family and friends who must remain silent or be silenced I don't know man that's crazy it's popular to talk about mental health now but for a long time we were a society who dismissed people with a wave of our hand and called them crazy I'm proceeding cautiously with current mental health initiatives because I don't know if we're going to do anything effective or just 
hashtag our way to cool. Look, in the end, it doesn't have to be crazy. It could all just be some weather balloon or some newfangled government stealth bomber attack. But the emotional and spiritual burden a man pays for top secret silence, that's unfathomable. I'm more inclined to believe Scully than I am Mulder. However, I do leave room because there are simple things that science just cannot explain. At least right now. Project Blue Book investigated over 12,000 cases. 700 of them remain unexplained. So every Tuesday, 10 p.m. on History Channel, set the VCR. My name is Sam Yunin. You can probe my adventures on Twitter, Facebook, and IG, all at my pal Sammy. This has been my summer lair. Thanks for listening to me in the Netflix world. Close encounters, yo.